Testing, testing. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You are tuning in again to another episode of All UFC News. Now, let's just dive right on into it. My name is Taj. If you do not know this already, because there may be a first-time listener, haha. This is the MMA podcast called The Locker Room. You can find me on Twitch. You can find me on Instagram. Also, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, Spotify, and anywhere else you would actually like to download podcasts. I did not even know there is one called Stitcher Radio. We're also on there and also Pandora. So look us up, download, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your kids, and tell anybody else you can think of. Now, let's dive into it. This past weekend, we had Chicago's own and Curtis Razor Blades taking on Chris Dawkins. Now, going into this fight, everyone, it has always been this narrative that Curtis Blades is only a wrestler. You got to defend the takedowns. That's all you got to do is stop the takedowns, keep the, the fight on the feed, and you can take home the W easy peasy. No, 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 no. Now, is uh, Curtis Razor Blades the best wrestler not only coming out of Chicago, Illinois, but also in the heavyweight division, the UFC, the number one organization in the world when it comes to mixed martial arts? Yes, he checks every single one of those goddamn boxes. Believe it or not, he is the best heavyweight. And coming into this, taking on Chris Dawkins, the ex-cop, the one who also has a little brother in the 205 light heavyweight division, he had more tools to win. That's what everyone was saying coming into this, from Stephen A. Smith to Chael Sonnen to Ariel Hawani, that he had. He was essentially the most well-rounded fighter, and I was buying into that hype myself. I feel ashamed because I thought he was going to take out Chicago's own and really believe that Chris Dawkins had the upper hand. And <laughs> Curtis Blaze said, hold my beer. And this first round, this was the most spectacular hands that we have seen for Curtis Blaze. We have always seen him kind of timid, right? Curtis Blades was never really known for having the best stand-up in the heavyweight division. He was always jab-jab, looking for those takedowns. I admit before this fight and all of his past fights that he had, like, let's say, Francis Nugano, the heavyweight champion in the UFC, his takedowns were always kind of telegraphed, right? He would kind of, you know, you would just see him kind of coming in, and that really showed when he took on Derek Lewis when he came in for that sloppy takedown, and Derek Lewis hit him with that uppercut from hell and just put him to bed. It was bad. Oh, my God. It, it, was, it was really bad, and I really felt bad for him. Uh, side note, if you guys... Um, he did an interview today, actually, where he was talking about his past fight, and he was on the Arahawani show, and it just lets you know how dangerous this sport is. And his last fight, he said, when he went in for the takedown, and Derek Lewis hit him with that uppercut, and he got knocked out, he said, he, he said that the first thing that he was thinking was going for a takedown. And he said the next thing that he remembers was waking up in the hospital. That lets you know how dangerous this sport is and that even 
the slightest mistake when you should have zigged when you should have zagged when you went left when you should have went right that the tiniest mistakes have the most crucial consequences but but he showed that it is never over literally after that he could have he could have literally walked away from the organization already having three losses in the heavyweight division but he said mm, no we're going to skip all of that and he came into this past Saturday's main event and he showed the most crisp boxing that not I've only seen from Curtis Blades but the most crispiest boxing I've seen out of any heavyweight I don't know what the hell him and his coaches did behind the scenes but you can tell they were not sleeping they were not taking Chris Dawkins lightly because in the second round he hit him with the most beautiful right cross and put Chris Dawkins out in the second round and just followed up with a few shots and that was it it was lights out for him so Chris Dawkins bounced back from it but god damn you have a lot of work to do I'm sorry my friend and when it comes to this Curtis Blades I'm going to stop down you. You're representing Chicago now after that display of what you put on this past weekend. He puts himself right back into the title contention. He called out Cyril Gan. I don't believe that is going to work out for him, but he he is definitely going to get a top five opponent. He was number six this past Saturday, and the UFC rankings just got updated today. Today is March the 28th, and he boosted himself up to number four. So in front of him, he only has Cyril Gan, the champion, Francis Nugano, and who I want to say, there's one other person that's above him, Cyril Gan, Francis Nugano, and the, 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 Tai Tuivasa, actually, after he knocked out Derek Lewis. So he's going to get a definitely a top three opponent. I believe the most logical matchup is they do... Stipe Miocic taking on John Jones for that interim heavyweight title shot. And then uh, after they settle that in Francis Nugano Hills, you have Curtis Blaze take on Taya Tuivasa. That is the logical matchup. That's what I believe the UFC is going to move into. And I tell you what, the past five years when we had all of the goats of the heavyweight division falling out, the lights of Cain Velasquez, Jury Dos Santos retiring in the past few years, it got kind of stale with Stipe Miocic beating the living hell out of everyone that they put in front of him. But now with these new top contenders, it only lets you know this division is not going anywhere. Buckle in and it's going to be a hell of a ride within these next few months and to see exactly what goes on. And now next weekend, uh, there are no fights, but they are taking a big break for the April 9th card, probably one of the most anticipated, where we have Volkanovski taking on the Korean Zombie, and then also Gilbert Burns taking on Hamzat Chimai, but also Peter Yan taking on Aljamain Sterling. They know exactly what the hell they're doing with this break, because everyone is going to be chomping at the bits for this main event on April 9th. So make sure you tune in to that episode and I'll catch you guys then. Peace.